Welcome back, friends, to the Nature Wonder Podcast. I'm Paul, your host, and today I'd like to talk about birds. Not just any birds, some really interesting birds. We're going to talk about ravens and crows. Yeah, everything that's black flying through the air that's big is a crow. That's what everybody thinks, and it drives me crazy because they don't realize that there's ravens out there, too. So I want to get into a little in-depth with what's the difference between the two because it drives me crazy when people confuse them. And they can have it right in front of them and they'll still call it a crow because a big black bird is a crow. That's what everyone thinks. And they don't usually realize there's actually different species of crow, subspecies. So let's start at the beginning. First of all, these birds are in the Corvidae family, or what we call the Corvids. The Corvids include ravens, crows, jays, and magpies. There's a few others in there too, but those are the four main birds that are in the Corvid family. Now, the Corvid family, they actually are known as being very intelligent and playful birds. Yeah, they're very smart birds. Some people, some scientists, I should say, actually say that the crows and the ravens are probably the some of the smartest, not the smartest. Some of your parrots are going to be the smartest, but they're one of the smartest birds out there. Yeah, they have a high intelligence. You can actually teach them to uh, basically teach them tricks. Some people have actually taught crows and ravens how to to talk. I mean, they're mimicking us, but they can actually speak the English language just by teaching them. That's how intelligent they are. So these are very intelligent birds, but a lot of people get them mixed up. That's because they do look similar, especially when you just see them flying over. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two. And it's just I don't know. Something about me, I guess. But it drives me crazy when people call them all crows. And they forget about the ravens out there. I'm going to throw a little plug in here for my wife's business. She owns a pottery business right in East Aurora, New York. And she makes beautiful pottery. I mean, she does a wonderful job. I think it's awesome work. But she makes this beautiful pottery and sells it in her shop. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the name of her shop is Black Raven Pottery. Her pottery business is named with the raven in mind. So the Black Raven Pottery. Yet we still get people walking into the store and they see a wire sculpture that we have in the pottery shop. where We've also made some little clay ravens. They see these and they say, oh, look at that crow. And I'm just ready to run over and say, okay, here's the difference between a raven and a crow. Look at the beak. Look at the, look at, okay, so that's why I wanted to do this episode to explain to people the difference between ravens and crows. But let's talk about the ravens and crows in general. Okay, explain they're in the corvid family. 
Now, corvids are known for their intelligence, and they're also known as very playful birds. You can actually teach a raven or a crow how to do tricks. Many people have. You're not allowed to keep them as pets, at least not in the U.S. here. They are protected under the Migratory Bird Act. You cannot own one, so please don't go out in the wild and try to capture a crow or a raven and keep it as a pet and try to raise it and teach it tricks. You cannot legally do it. But anyhow, I used to know a rehab friend who had an educational raven. She had this, sorry, it was a crow. There I go. I got mixed up. I confused the two. No, she did have a crow. It was non-releasable, couldn't fly anymore. So she kept it as an educational bird. She used to take it out to schools, explain to the kids the difference between ravens and crows and about their intelligence and a lot of fun facts about them. Now, she had actually taught her crow to do different tricks. She also taught it how to speak. Yeah, her crow could speak certain words in the English language. I mean, it wasn't like talking to a friend, but it would know different words. You can teach them, that's how intelligent they are, to speak words from the English language. So these are very intelligent birds. Some scientists say they are one of the most intelligent of birds. Now, of course, you have um, the parrots and the macaws, you know, the hookbills. Those guys are probably the most intelligent. But the ravens and crows are not too far behind. And you want to talk about playful these guys love shiny objects. They love toys. Back when I did environmental education with live birds of prey, we did have a couple of ravens. And the ravens, when they were in their cage, we had to give them a lot of toys to play with so they didn't get bored. We had dog balls in there. We had parrot toys in there. We had so many different things. What always cracked me up is they would find sticks on the ground or stones and they would pile them up. I would open the door to the enclosure and piled up right along the door frame were stones all in a row. They were entertaining themselves. So they would always surprise me with these things. And when I took them out on programs, they would do these weird sounds with the kids all the time. Whenever the kids were around, they would start talking to them. Now, they didn't know. I never got to the point where um, we taught them words. But they did know when there were kids in the room. And that's when they started talking to the kids. And sometimes they would try to out-talk me. That's not easy to do sometimes, but they were always trying. So these birds have a lot of intelligence and they also have a lot of playfulness in them. But unfortunately, they get a bad reputation. Think about it. Ravens and crows, first of all, they are scavengers. What do they eat? Their diet? Well, basically, they're eating whatever they can find. They are meat eaters. I mean, they will eat seed once in a while, but they are mostly meat eaters. They're going after carrion. For those of you who are not familiar with that word, basically, they're going after dead animals. They're going after dead meat. They don't have the tools that a hawk has. They don't have the talons for killing 
and catching another animal. So instead they find a dead animal. Maybe it was hit by a car, roadkill, and they would go after that animal. It doesn't run away. It's dead. Free meal. They are built for eating this food. Now they're not like some other scavengers like the vultures who have a digestive system that can actually eat rotting meat and not get sick. These guys, the ravens and the crows, it needs to be fresh or they will get sick if they start eating rotting meat. But they aren't built to catch and kill, so they find food that's already dead and they eat it. So if you think about it, an animal that's eating something dead a scavenger. I mean, just the word scavenger. I mean, it just puts a little bit of a down your spine. And you think, oh, these are gross, disgusting animals. That's the reputation they have. And they've had it for many years. Many years. Actually, in the early days, they in England, in the U.S., wherever, in the early days... When someone would die, they would always guard it from the ravens, from the crows, because they thought that these birds were coming down and stealing the soul of the deceased and carrying it off to the underworld or wherever. So they would guard their dead so that the ravens and the crows would not get near it. Were they really stealing souls? No, they were doing what they do. They were eating carrion. You have a dead body laying on a cart in the middle of the street as they take it to the cemetery. What are these guys going to do? It's free meat. I know it sounds disgusting, but that's the way it was. So they got a bad reputation a long time ago. And unfortunately, that reputation has carried on through the years. And if you think about it, when was the last time you watched a scary movie? I mean, I, it's a tradition in my household. Halloween, you gotta watch the scary movie. Now, as I get older, I've realized that I can't handle these really scary movies. I don't know if they're getting better at doing scary movies, but they really scare me. So I have to cut back on the intensity of these movies, but... I watch some of these movies with like witches or with demons or who do they always have a crow or a raven? Yeah. It's always in the scene somewhere. Where do you see them in the cemetery on the cemetery fence next to the cauldron that the witch is stirring, even some fun witch movies that are made for kids. They've got the crow or the raven in them though. This is the reputation these poor birds have gotten. And it's mostly because, hey, they're black in color and they eat dead stuff. Black in color, what does that do anything? Okay, think about all the fairy tales. Knight in shining armor. The princess in her beautiful white gown. And who are the bad guys? The guys that are wearing black. All the movies seem to have the good guys in white, the bad guys in black. The crow, the raven, they can't help it. They're black in color. So they're the bad guys. Yeah, according to our movies, according to our television. 
they're the bad guys. Hey, they can't help being black. It's all Apollo's fault. Yeah, if you're into Greek mythology, ravens are associated with Apollo, the god of prophecy. They are said to be a symbol of bad luck. They were the god's messengers to the mortal world. Yeah, they were the connection between the Greek gods and the mortal world. Well, you see, Apollo had his own pet, yeah, his pet raven. Now, this raven was a messenger for him. And according to the mythology behind Apollo, he once sent his white raven. Yeah, ravens were white at one time. Uh, it could have been a crow. No one really knows. Some stories say raven. Other stories say crow. But Apollo sent his white raven. He sent it to spy on his lover, Cronus. And the raven came back with bad news. He came back with the news that Coronas had been unfaithful to Apollo. So Apollo got so angry, he scorched the bird. And that's why the bird was black. So he turned all of the feathers black by scorching them out of his anger for the bird doing what he was told to do, spying on Coronas. But Hey, Apollo couldn't control it, I guess. So this is why the poor bird is black. And he has that bad reputation. Remember, good guy's white, bad guy's black. Now, in the book of Genesis, so we're going to the Bible here. If you read the book of Genesis, it says that Noah released a raven from the ark after the great flood to test whether the waters had receded. Now, the raven never did come back. Well, why didn't the raven come back? Well, they say that, well, he probably was feeding on the corpses of all those who had drowned in the flood. All of a sudden, he's got all this free food out there. Why is he going to come back? Well, he should have. He's an intelligent bird. There is a legend in England that actually looks at the raven as being a good bird. So not all the stories are putting the poor ravens and crows as being the bad guys. If you're familiar with England, legend says that the kingdom of England will fall if the ravens ever leave the Tower of London. Yeah, the Tower of London, lots of ravens around London. They hang out, several hang out at the Tower of London. And they say that these birds are good luck for the empire. And if these ravens ever leave or if they're taken away, that the kingdom of England will basically fall. It'll collapse. There was a time where um, Charles, I think it was the second, he wanted the ravens removed. He ordered that the ravens be removed because the royal astronomer was working in the Tower of London and he was he was watching the stars, he was doing his astronomy thing, and these ravens were getting in the way. They they were a nuisance to him, getting in front of his telescopes and, and pooping all over everything. I don't know, but they were just being the bothersome to him. So he went up to King Charles II and he asked them, hey, can we get rid of these darn birds? And Charles said, sure. 
until someone told Charles about the legend. And Charles was like, oh, well, wait a minute here. We can't have these birds gone if that means that England is going to collapse. So what did he do? Well, he moved the astronomer to a different location and he protected the ravens. The ravens there are looked upon as being very special birds. I mean, the legend has it that the empire will fall if the ravens leave. So they take care of these birds. During World War II, with all the bombings in London, just from the shock, these birds did start leaving. And there were, all, were only two left at one point, and they even left after a while. After the war, they did return, and they made sure that the birds would never leave again. They actually have a caretaker for the ravens. They take care of them. They feed them. Uh, the ravens, they clip their wings so that they can't fly away anymore. So that's how important these birds are to the, basically to the kingdom of England. So these birds have a bad reputation, but they also have a good reputation. Now, in the northwestern U.S., the indigenous people in, for instance, the state of Washington, they actually see the raven as the creator of the world. Yeah, they say the raven created the world, but they also consider the raven a trickster. Once again, remember, they're a playful bird, very intelligent. So a lot of their folklore, a lot of their tales talk about not only the raven creating the world, but how he tricks people. So the raven is a trickster. So let's talk about the differences between a raven and a crow. First of all, the size. Okay, the raven is much larger than a crow. Of course, I've seen some pretty big crows around lately. Uh, crows can't get to be a large bird. They're much larger than a, a robin. But ravens are even larger than that. So ravens are a larger bird. Now, you see a flying across the sky. You can't tell the difference in size unless they're right next to each other. And a lot of times they don't hang out together, which is another difference between ravens and crows. Ravens hang out in smaller groups. Usually you only see one or two ravens together. Now I've seen three or four before some larger groups, but usually it's one or two. Whereas crows hang out in larger groups, what we call a murder of crows. I know there's that reputation again. Ravens are actually known as an unkindness when they're in a large group. So, unkindness for ravens, murder of crows. Oh boy, they need to come up with new names for the groups of these birds. That reputation. Another thing you want to look at, if they're up in the sky and they're flying, sometimes you can't tell size. Look at the tail shape. The tail of a crow is more of a fan shape. So when they spread the tail feathers out, it almost looks straight across, almost in a small curve. So you have a fan-shaped tail. With the raven, on the other hand, theirs is more of a wedge. 
So it almost looks like a V shape. It comes almost to a point. It's a little bit rounded, but it comes more to a point. So it looks like a wedge. So that's the difference in the tail shape. And of course, the beak is different. If you do have them perched up in a tree and you can see the beak up close, or you have a good spotting scope and you can see them sitting in the tree, look at the beak. If the beak has a bit of a curve to the end, that's a raven. If it's straighter, it's a crow. And it's really chunky, really large. That's the raven. Crows, their beaks are a little bit thinner. So that's the difference in the beak. And of course, what I always do when I'm trying to tell the difference is I'm listening. Yeah, I usually hear them before I see them. Now, everyone knows the sound of a crow. It's more of a cawing noise. Sounds like... Whereas the raven is more of a croaking noise. I always like to say it's more of a deep guttural sound. So they do more of a croaking noise. The raven sounds more like this. So remember, crow does a cawing, raven does a croaking. So those are the main differences to tell the difference between these two birds. Size, raven is larger, hanging out in groups, larger groups for the crows, smaller groups for the ravens. Doesn't mean if you see one or two flying through the air, it's a raven, okay? Crows will be solitary once in a while, they usually like hanging out in groups. The tail shape. If it's a fan, it's a crow. If it's a wedge, it's a raven. The sound, the cawing versus the croaking. And of course, the beak. The beak is heavier and chunkier on a raven. Smaller, thinner on a crow. So those are the easiest ways to tell the difference between them. Now, once again, don't look at these guys as being a bad omen. A lot of mythology, a lot of old stories do put them one direction or the other. Some say that they're a sign of good luck, but most of them unfortunately say, you see a crow or a raven, it's a sign of bad luck, but it's not. Okay, don't believe those. These are very intelligent, very fun-loving birds. Don't believe Edgar Allan Poe in his poem, Quote the Raven, Nevermore. What I'd like to say is get out, explore nature, learn more about these birds, watch them, enjoy them, and don't look at them as being bad or evil. Nevermore. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you learned how to tell the difference between ravens and crows. Don't look at all of them as crows. Don't look at all of them as it's a blackbird. No, Ooh, 
get into blackbirds another time. But it looks like we've come to the end of the episode for today. If you enjoyed wandering through nature with me, please help me out by subscribing to the podcast, write a review, download the episodes. Also, be sure to let your friends know about the podcast. I'd love to have more people wandering through nature with us. If you have any nature questions or ideas for future episodes, please drop me a DM. Do it through my Instagram page, which is found at the underscore nature underscore wanderer or my website at naturewanderer.org. All of these links are in the show notes. You can also support the podcast by joining my Patreon, which will also give you extras, including videos, bonus podcasts I'm working on, pictures, and much more. I also have some programs on there. If you're interested in learning more about nature through a video program, join the Patreon. Have a great week and keep exploring the nature around you.